All right, are y'all in Exodus? I bless the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Calvary. Lord, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that when we fail, <laughs> and the truth is, Lord, we never have passed that test. Our righteousness, the best day we ever did our very best, it was a stinking mess. And Lord, we're grateful that you came and that you passed. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for the sweet presence of God. Now touch me and help me for a little while. Lord, in, these, in this preaching hour, make it what you meant for it to be. I'll thank you for it in Christ's name and all the Lord's people said. Amen. Amen. Exodus in chapter 12 all the way through chapter 20. The Lord has given me a recent study. I want to, I think the Lord's given me one burden for tonight. But I want you to mark these chapters. I think the Lord wants me to come back and deal with one thing. But right here on a Tuesday night, uh, and we're going to be here, I know, Wednesday night. I understand Brother Henderson's bringing the service over tomorrow night. Thank God for sister churches. And uh, and then Thursday night we'll be here. See if the Lord does. Brother Dow's going to change all of his plans and stay right through Friday. Isn't that a blessing? He didn't know that until I mentioned it. Hey, that's good singing. And don't, you know, you was worried about sounding professional. You ain't got to worry about that. But it was a blessing. <laughs> I was picking on you right there. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get up here and say that. <clears throat> Fill my cup, Lord. I sang that when I was a boy. That's that's a good That's a good one. Fill my like the woman at the well. Bless the Lord. Little old, little white silver haired uh, preacher. He was the same dimensions any way you measured him. Brother Tommy Cook. Is about five foot any way you pulled the tape. Weighed over 300 pounds. He'd sang that for us. He'd open up our camp meeting every year. And he'd sang that. Uh, he'd sang, there is a river. Yeah. Fill my cup. There is a river. And he'd sing an old Indian song. Was the Cherokee got saved. And what about old Watcher Face? What about her being an Indian? Isn't that great? <clears throat> And one and one millionth in there somewhere. But uh, the old Cherokee song, uh, Old Sacred Lamb. Have y'all ever heard that? Old Sacred Lamb, you knew my name. Have y'all ever heard that? Well, you need to learn that. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I can't remember the words, and you know how particular I am. But, uh, <laughs> old Brother Tommy. <laughs> Me and, me and Dow may go professional if they listen. If they hear us too much, it'd be a temptation there for us to hit big time buzz and everything. <clears throat> I've resisted the temptation to be professional for many years. <laughs> I've gotten all kind of offers, and I sing anyway. But uh, I messed that up, but y'all know what I mean. You've heard that joke before. Did y'all hear about the fellas who loved to tell jokes and they grew up their whole life and so they wouldn't even tell the joke. They'd all get together and just say, 
number, they had them numbered. Number three. Oh, yes, I'm good at number three. They'd sit there a little bit once and say, Hey, guys, here's one. How about number five? Yeah. <laughs> well, they had a new friend join them one night. So he thought he'd try. He said, About joke number eight. Everybody just looked at him. His buddy who brought him said, Man, some people just can't tell a joke. <laughs> I can't tell a joke, but it's funny anyway. Amen. Y'all look that song up and learn it. The old sacred lamb. Beautiful song. Well, you made me think of Tommy Cook. All right, I'm in Exodus, and the Lord's given us this study in recent days. And <clears throat> I want you to take, I, know, I notice that many of you take notes. If you want to write it in your Bible or write it in your notebook, let the Lord touch a few things here, and then I may come back to one chapter and preach one thing. Uh, in chapter 12 is the blood. And when the Lord started me in this study, he started me in chapter 12 because that's where we get saved, brought out of Egypt, washed, covered in the blood. All right, y'all got to help me. You're doing good in there. That's the blood chapter. And you got your Bibles? Okay, look at verse 13. And, and so, well, one of the most precious gospel verses in the Old Testament. And when I see the blood, I will pass over it. And so they come through that bloody doorway. And that's where it starts. So that's where God started me in this particular study. And when I see the blood. I, and so they came through that bloody doorway. And God brought them out of Egypt and started them on a journey. So in my study, I'm going from 12 to 20. 20 being the Ten Commandments. And it slows down right there. And God gets Moses on the mount. And for several chapters, he gives him the law. So I, I take that journey. Now let me stop and say one word about conviction. <clears throat> well, let me say one word about Exodus without saying too much about Exodus. Because it'll take 20 minutes to deal with it properly. But just let me say this about Exodus. That's, that's the salvation book. Genesis is the sin book. Genesis tells us the story of our sin. Exodus tells us the story of our salvation. So I'm going to say something to y'all after I can move on. In the book of Exodus... Uh, well, Genesis ends with a coffin in Egypt. That's the last line in Genesis. A coffin in Egypt. And that's where sin will take you. To a coffin in this cursed world. Egypt's a type of the world. But thank God for Exodus, a Messiah is born. In an hour when they're killing babies, a Messiah is born. Amen. Thank God for it. And then here come the plagues. Here come the plagues. And, and, and these are the judgments that God brings in order to get you out of Egypt. I think it's a picture of conviction. Do you remember when God brought judgments into your life in order to get you out of Egypt? All right, I lost everybody right there. Let's try this again. Do you remember when God brought great judgments in your world just to get you out of the world. God is conviction. Then we begin in chapter 12. That's the blood. Then in chapter 13. I struggled with this in a little bit. Until I, until I meditated and chewed on it. And thought of what is chapter 13. So then I thought I'd read chapter 13. <laughs> and sure enough that helped. 
it helped me to know how to preach chapter 13 when I finally read it. And so the first line, what the Lord says in verse 2, He said, look at that, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn. Mm. Mm. And for several verses, He just said, There you sit in the middle of two covenants. God parked them right. You're holding it in your hand. The old covenant and the new covenant. Look at you in an oasis. Didn't even know it. And what are you grumbling about, you bunch of Americans? What exactly are y'all complaining about? And there you sit in the middle of two covenants. Amen. In an oasis. Thank God for the old and the new. Okay, so chapter 12 is the blood. Chapter 13 is the beginnings. And then chapter 14 is the baptism. Chapter 15 is the blessings. And then chapter 16, verse 4. Y'all see the word that begins with a B? What do you think this is going to be? This is where manna came down from heaven. And God fed them every morning. What about that? Bread from heaven. You ought to just kiss your Bible and thank God for it. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. And it will be there for you every morning. Amen. Except for the last morning, get a double portion to carry you through on the day you're not supposed to work. How in the world did Baptists turn worship day into work day? Independent Baptists even make worship work. I will sing this song. I will do it with duty. I sang that song. I did my job. Thank you, everyone. Y'all help me now. How in the world did y'all make coming into your father's living room for him to love on you, get under that tent with Christ? How did y'all make that a labor? How did you make that a duty? If your church had power, you wouldn't have to do all these programs. You'd be a witness and you'd do a witness and you wouldn't even know either one of them was happening. But anyway, leave me alone. So there's bread come down from heaven. And then chapter 17's battles. You better eat up on that bread because you're going into a battle. Chapter 17, I think it's verse 8 or 9. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel. This is where Joshua got in the valley and Moses got on the hill. And uh, so there's a great blessing. Now, I'll run this thing all the way to chapter 20 before we're done. I just want to give you a little taste of the journey that we're on. And thank God there is a redemption road. Amen. And I'm on that highway. Thank God it's going somewhere. I want to go back to chapter 13, chapter 14. I want to look at chapter 14 for just a moment. It, it, who knows how big this moment might be. But I want to look at it for just a moment. And then I want to end up in chapter 13. I don't feel led to preach chapter 12 tonight because y'all sang it. First three songs was under the blood and about the blood. When I see the blood, thank God. I was over there taking laps in my rib cage. Yeah, man. I was shouting her out on the inside. Knowing that y'all were singing what the Lord laid on my heart. Go to Exodus 12 and begin that journey. And y'all sang about the blood. Sang about the blood. I feel led to preach out of chapter 13, but I want to mention chapter 14. Y'all go ahead and turn and look, because I know you love your Bible. Chapter 14 is a baptism. Chapter 14 is a baptism. This is where they went down into the Red Sea and come up on the other side. Now, Joe Parsons said baptism always puts you in another world. He said every time somebody got baptized in that Bible, they came out in another country. Y'all ain't helping me. Y'all ain't helping me. 
I am not a Baptist writer. I'm not from Springfield. John, what's his name, and all the other guys, and Hartland and the rest of them, tell them I said so. Listen to the recording. They can hear it for themselves. Honey, when you go too far with anything, one of my mentors said, any doctrine you overemphasize, you'll eventually corrupt. It's the truth. That's the truth. And thank God there's verses in the Bible that checks and balances, that bring us back to where we should be. And if baptism was that important, I'd have to listen to the Church of Christ. It might be what saves me. I'd go ahead and start sprinkling my babies when they was born. The Roman Catholic, might, if it's that important, it might be right. It might save our babies. What about that? And them, and them turkey birds never read the actual apostle to the Gentiles? It was the apostle to the Jews. Peter in Acts 2 said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. It was the baptism of John that Jesus, the apostle Paul, kept rebuking. He didn't rebuke it, let's find another word. He kept saying, is that all you got? You ain't, you ain't where you're supposed to be yet. You need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, Acts 10. Help me now. Just the baptism of John? Well, them writers go back to the baptism of John and they hang their whole nail on that right there. Y'all ain't helping me. Well, brother, every New Testament preacher in the world said, that ain't enough. None of the apostles said that was enough. Y'all ain't helping me. Now, the very apostle to the Gentiles said, for 1 Corinthians 1, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Now, notice what you're saying. It is the power of God. For Christ sent me not to baptize. Said the apostle that was specially designated to go into the church age. I thank God I baptized none of you. Except Gaius and Christmas. You know when he said that, they probably like, hey, that's us. <laughs> How y'all doing? He's talking about us. You know they like that. That's her favorite letter he ever wrote. Passed that on to the grandkids. And he said, I, he's, what about that? He showed us that he did believe that baptism was an ordinance and he did follow baptism, but he showed you how much emphasis he put on it. Please look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2. I've been a, just a quoting it where I've been preaching, but we're, we're on the other side of the Mississippi and you got to show people. Everybody lives too close to Missouri. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10, he called it a baptism. He called it a baptism. He said they were all baptized under Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Whew. Lord called it a baptism. Let's talk about some baptism where water never touches you. Moses had a baptism, right? He called it baptism. Water never touched him. They went through on dry ground. The depths, Exodus 15, were actually congealed. Exodus 15, the depths were congealed. You tie that in with Exodus 24, when they saw the God of Israel under his feet was as it were a paved work of sapphire stone. I ain't got time to preach that. That ain't my burden tonight. I believe, mm, leave me alone. 
them congealed debts. That Red Sea crossing, a dragon was killed, debts were congealed, and the day was revealed. The second coming. But anyway, leave me alone. That ain't for tonight. Watch this. He called it a baptism, and water never touched them. The walls were old. The waters were a wall on the right and a wall on the left. That's exactly what it was. First Peter chapter 3, verse 21. He called Noah's flood and Noah in the ark a baptism. He did. First Peter chapter 3, verse 21. Put it in your notes. Go look at it if you're from Missouri. The light figure where to baptism even does now save us. Not the washing away of the filth, but, but the spirit, the figure of the truth. He said, it ain't the water that washes you. There's a spiritual thing going on there. Y'all ain't helping me. So Noah was in the ark. God called it a baptism. In 1 Peter 3, he called Noah's ark flood thing. God put him in a large coffin. Buried him for a while. Killed everything in his world. God called it a baptism. And water never touched him. Acts chapter 1 verse 5. But she should be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And the next day it said, And suddenly there came from heaven as it were the sound of a mighty rushing wind, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And water never touched them. I've showed you three New Testament baptisms, or three baptisms, where water never touched them. Y'all reckon there's something bigger going on than water baptism? Do you reckon something so big was going on he gave us an object lesson? The two ordinances of the Lord's church, baptism, that's, and the Lord's supper, the Lord's supper is that Christ is in you, and baptism is that you're in Christ. That's the two. There's baptism of the Lord's Supper. One of them puts Christ in you. The other put you in Christ. God, don't even such a big deal. That Christ would be in you and you would be in Christ. And he gave you two living object lessons where you could look at it and chew on it and taste of it and feel of it and watch it and observe it and see it. Help me now. now I'm going to tell you what's been happening around Kansas and Nebraska. God's sending some men with the Holy Ghost on them. Don't let that upset you. John 20 and 21, he breathed on him, disciples. When he breathed on him, he said, receive you the Holy Ghost. That put the Holy Ghost in them. Acts chapter 2, put the Holy Ghost on them. Your formal frozen independent Baptists who are afraid of worshiping God in church will only emphasize the baptism where the Holy Spirit puts you in Christ. They're scared to death of that other baptism where Christ puts the Holy Ghost on you. And run away from it because the Pentecostals have muddied the waters, pun intended, they've muddied the waters in the 1900s. And everybody's scared to death to talk about Pentecostal, charismatic. They talk about a second blessing, they, they got women preachers, they speak in tongues. <clears throat> false healing, false signs and wonders. Eleven worship channels in the upper channels. All right, and they got, and they got mo most men scared to death to talk about it 
except for men who had raised it didn't realize they needed it. They ain't scared to talk about it. There's an indwelling that takes place the moment you get saved. The Spirit of God baptizes you into Christ. Romans 6 and 1 Corinthians 12. How in the world does these boys out west ever see any water in Romans 6 and 1 Corinthians 12? I asked a man out here one time, how in the world do you make 1 Corinthians 12 water baptism? If it does, it blows away your exclusivity. Your doctrine of exclusion because by one spirit we're all baptized into one body. Right. Well, I'm a member of one church if we're going to stand on that one. And they love local churches and hate a universal church. That's the first Corinthians 12. If it is water, it blows away all your other stuff. Y'all ain't helping me. Y'all ain't helping me. Baptism. The Bible causes, they'll show you Romans 6, 1 Corinthians 12, and they'll tell you when you got the Holy Spirit, you got all of Him and got all you ever needed. Well, I'm going to tell you something. When He moved in, all of Him moved in. Jesus is in you. God's in Christ. Christ in God. Holy Spirit put you in God in Christ. And Christ puts you in God. And the Holy Ghost is in you. They're all in you. All of God is in all of you. So then why did Jesus need to be baptized? If it's a picture of salvation only, why did Jesus need to be baptized? John the Baptist arguing, Lord, I'm not worthy to even touch the thread of your shoelace. Jesus said, thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. And what happened when Jesus was baptized? The second one. Spirit of God descended and lit on him. Y'all ain't helping me. They say, you're making me nervous. You make me nervous. Trying to be a Christian without the Holy Spirit power. Trying to have church without the Holy Spirit's presence. You make me nervous. Trying to fight the devil without the Holy Ghost unction. You're making me nervous. Y'all ain't helping me. What did that Jordan baptism put on Christ? Put the Holy Ghost on him. Yes, Put the Holy Spirit on him. Yes, it's a baptism. Well, now, are y'all looking at 1 Corinthians 10? This is what we need. This is what I'm praying for. This is what your pastor desires. They're baptized in the cloud. That was the glory cloud. That was the Shekinah glory. That was God manifesting his presence. People scared of church being church. They say, well now, isn't the Lord's presence everywhere? He's omnipresent. He is everywhere, but he does not manifest himself everywhere. Go down to the nearest bar. Leave this service right now and go down to the nearest bar. Well, don't really do that, but if you was to. Go down the nearest bar and see if the Lord's manifesting His presence down there. And then come back here and see if He's manifesting His presence over here. He's in both places, but He doesn't manifest that prayer. Brother, God's everywhere, but you couldn't have found that glory cloud nowhere but one place, and that was over there with Moses and them. Help me now. 
By the way, you don't find a lamp and a genie and rub your hands together and that glory cloud appear where you want it. You don't come up with that cloud. That cloud shows up where God wants it to and you follow it. It don't follow you around. You can't pop that up, roll that out and make merchandise off of it. You'll have to get smoke machines and fog machines to get your smoke and fog. You've been in Chronicles, you say? That's what she told me at breakfast. Been in Chronicles? Been in Kings and Chronicles, but especially Chronicles? Then you've read it twice. Solomon dedicated the temple. And it said the cloud of his glory moved in and filled the place. Well, I just think a preacher ought to preach. He must preach a gospel sermon or read my probably hip church. Well, I just think it's a certain thing. They're not done. These are in order. They met there's to just smack my head church. Oh, please. Can you not can you not dump your Bible college and get over here and get on in the church? Independent Baptist, can't you perk up with your college and come get in the church? He didn't die for the college, he died for the church. And if certain things you got a certain order, but the Bible said the cloud filled the house and the glory of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister. That's what, where I come from, the old timers got the big preacher showed up. That's what they'd say. Well, our preacher didn't get the priest today. The big preacher showed up. That's what they call it. The big preacher showed up. Hmm. You reckon that would be being baptized in the cloud? We know what a baptism is according to Acts 1 and Acts 2. Jesus said you should be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And in the next chapter, the Holy Ghost filled the house where they were sitting. And then they were filled. So semantics come into the picture. Some call it being filled. Some call it a baptism. Same thing. In that instance, it's kind of like if we was to baptize you in water up here, you'd be in the water. If you'd open your mouth and suck in, the water would be in you. I'm fixing to sign my own Bible. I ain't never thought of that before. You know what's happened to some good men? They've been in a place by the sovereign act of God where God filled the house and they were singing, Fill my cup, Lord. Baptism when you going down where, where baptism is where a thing is filled and you're put in it. And then if you'll open your mouth and drink it in, you'll be filled with what you was in the middle of this fullness. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's bad to be not as smart as what you're thinking. <laughs> it's a baptism. Somebody said, I don't know about all that singing. I don't know about all that praying. I don't know about all that shouting. Good Lord, if it gets too far to end, size is going to be crazy and run around the room. Where's that? Yeah. Well, honey, what you're missing is there's a cloud. The glory cloud. 
about being baptized in the cloud. That's water in its vapor form. It's the Spirit. It's water. Y'all know what a cloud is? Y'all know what a cloud is? It's water in the heavens. It is. It's water in its vapor form. It's water that's not solid and it's not frozen. Don't get me talking about people who got the frozen stuff. Just want you to know this is scriptural. For the Shekinah glory of God to be manifested in a place and God calls it a baptism. If we keep going like we're going, we're going to be charismatic. If you keep going like you're going, you might become Christians. Yeah. Just we keep going like we're going. Please, can you not get away from your colleges and come on in the Lord's churches? It wasn't preachers told you to be formal. It was Roman Catholic professors. Proper singing is almost like impossible for most everybody in the church to do. It's like when the Roman Catholics used to have the scripture in the Latin only. Only the elite could have the Bible. You be careful. I'm not so sure God ever got in opera. For one, the Italians love it. That ought to make you nervous. Opera singing in Baptist churches ain't nobody ever got happy over it except the person who hit the note. They're like, oh, I'm a little happy about what I just did. I hit that note. There's nothing wrong with trained music. My girl's taking voice lessons and violin lessons. When I'm around some of the relatives, we go ahead and call it a fiddle so they won't be offended. But y'all heard me sing and you heard Dow sing. You ain't got to have high training. Sorry, that's twice. You ever stop and think about that? This is the Lord. Everybody in our church sings and we all sing. We sing too much and everybody sings. Sounded somewhat like a parrot just then, didn't it? Can I stop and teach the Bible? Chapter 15, verse 1. Look what happens after. Look what happens after you get filled with the Spirit. Uh-huh. I like that guy. He's just like a little crazy enough to really get in. He wants to preach now. Don't let him get a hold of one of these mics. He'll be taking my sermon over. Amen, friend. You're right. Look what happens in chapter 15, verse 1, right after the baptism chapter. And just so, Brother Turner, so we need to be running ahead in our mind, what comes after the be filled with the Spirit verse in Ephesians 5? I'm moonwalking in reverse. Because I could never go backwards. All right, look what happened. The baptism chapter. And immediately, yes, yes, amen. 
They broke out singing. I'm going to show you something I've seen. Seen this. Never heard it. Never read it. Never heard it preached. Never read it. But just saw it. Think I'm right. And old brother Trigger put it on here. Oh, yes. Yes, he did. Y'all see what he put on his song book? Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Hold that, Brother Greg, and we'll use it again here in a minute. Watch this. Exodus 15.1. you got all three tenses of time. Past, present, future. Do you see the word sang? Underline it. Sang most. Then sang most. And then the next one, do you see the word song? Underline it. Sang most song. And then here comes the future, and he said, I will sing. Hey, y'all, that's past, present, future. Sang is past, song is present. I will sing is future. Why is that a blessing, Brother Dean? I'll tell you why. Because God saved us so good. We could we can walk in our past and sing. No matter how wicked you were, how far you were going, you can, you can look at your past and say, It's under the blood. You can stand in your present, in your present trials and afflictions. I'm looking for your mother, sister. She had to go help. Y'all can stand in your present trials. And have a song. Job said he gave us songs in the midnight hour. Okay, and and I will sing. I don't know what's coming ahead. I ain't seen it, but he has. I may have missed the words up here, John Michael. Now here it is. You come out of Exodus 14 and you go right to singing. And you sing to your past, you sing in your present, you sing about your future. What What is this filled with the Spirit verse? It's Ephesians 5 verse... I, I forgot. 18. Ephesians 5, 18. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, and the sentence does not end. And here it comes. What happens right after the being filled with the Spirit verse is being filled with songs. And there is past, present, and future. Psalms, reaching way back to the first song book ever written. The middle book of your Bible is the song book of the Bible. The longest book of your Bible is the song book of the Bible. A man who committed adultery and murder and lied about it. God let him write songs about God helping old sinners and loving old sinners and saving old sinners. Amen. Okay. Psalms. That's past. Hymns. That's right now. That's what we sing right now to get through the day. Jesus in the garden. The blood out of his brow and into his beard. But said when they sung a him. He carried a hymn to the cross with him. Hymns are for right now. And spiritual songs. 
Singing about glory to come, heaven to come, things in the spiritual realm, things in the spirit realm, spiritual songs. Spiritual songs is about stuff that we believe but we can't see them yet. Spirit. Y'all ain't helping me. Heal our land. I'm longing for. Well, it takes somebody spirit to look out in the future and see something in the spirit and believe it. Hold on. His role, I keep on praising Him while the ages roll. How beautiful heaven must be, sweet home of the happy and free. Hebrews said it's the spirits of just men made perfect. Well, there's a world out there on the other side, and I believe in it. There's coming a day. I do wish independent man would learn more than one happy song. That's their one song. Have one song. Y'all know one song. Victory in Jesus sing it way too fast. And then they sing. The only, the only happy song they know. You ought to get you 20 heaven songs and sing all of them. That's all I want to know. Oh, it's a good one. Oh, what a day that will be. Oh, that's spiritual songs out there in the future. Because I don't know about old Langston over there. Boy, I bet all your laptop Starbucks coffee shop friends back at the school, I bet they don't know what to think about this shouting and happy. Them got baptized. Broke out singing. You say, what's the contemporary song? I don't know if it, it, it ain't passed. It needs to be passed. <laughs> Present, future, I don't think it qualifies for a psalm, a hymn, or a spiritual song. Sounds like a night, a mixture between nightclub music and elevator music. It's strange. It's like nightclub elevator. It's make you want to hit somebody in the head. It's kind of like what drug addicts listen to. Same thing over and over. What about that baptism verse and you break out singing? Joe Parsons said baptism will cause you to change countries. Joshua went in out of the wilderness and come up in Canaan. Jesus come in out of his mama's house and he come up over there in his father's plan. Y'all ain't helping me. Elijah got down there and you talk about changing countries. He caught a ride to heaven. The only thing he feared was that Jezebel was going to kill me. He feared death and he never did die. Elijah went over there as Elijah and he come back as Elijah. Under a mantle. Y'all ain't helping me. Everybody ever went down in the water in that Bible come up in another world. Noah went down in a world filled with devils and depravities and he come up in a brand new world. You change countries. That's what Joe Parsons said. Dana Williams said every time that you see somebody baptized in the scriptures, it's a new beginning. All right, just want y'all to see that. The baptism verse. Just in case you're wondering what's going on with old time religion, it's people who believe in being baptized in the cloud. Right. Yeah. 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 
Trust me, you won't turn into a Pentecostal. You'll run them off. Real fire. Burns out strange fire. Y'all listen carefully. It's very interesting to me the, general, the, the whole crowd of preachers who for 50 years told people, watch out for them old time shouters. They're borderline Pentecostal. It's very interesting to me that it was that movement that all went contemporary. I can't find two old-fashioned Holy Ghost, blood of Calvary, old-time pew, running pew, jumping, King James Bible, shouting, leather lung, red-faced. I can't, I honestly can't find two of them that went contemporary. I can show you, I can show you 20,000 independent, formal, frozen, work-driven, duty-driven, who went, dropped, standard, dropped, and went contemporary. And they were the ones saying the whole time, y'all be careful about the Holy Ghost stuff. You're, they're borderline Pentecostal. Well, how come, my, how come the old time crowd ain't went nowhere? And the former boys have, have 90% gone contemporary. I mean, I, it's the truth. I looked, at, I looked at 95 pastors and said that to them. And many of them were of the formal frozen persuasion. Scared of old time religion. But they couldn't argue. They just lost one of their big schools. And he's renamed Highland Park Baptist Church. He's renamed it Church of the Highlands. Church of the Highlands. <laughs> Even the child knows that that's it. Even he wasn't going to go over there. Huh? Huh? I'm talking to you. I'm a tell. I'm a showing you in the Bible that being baptized in the glory cloud is what God does. Don't be afraid of it. Scripture for that vapor form. <laughs> baptized in the cloud. You've been in Kings and Chronicles, and it happened. That cloud, the Bible said, of the glory filled the house. When Solomon made an end of praying, and the priest couldn't stand to minister. There's a church service for you where they prayed but didn't preach. Keep reading the Bible. It'll show you, it'll show you what's right and what's wrong. Y'all ain't helping me. What, don't you think we should preach the gospel? Listen, the crowd I hear saying that don't even know what the gospel is. The crowd I hear say, well, we need some preaching every time. Yes, you do. You ain't never had none. Yes, you do need some preaching. Yes, we agree. We're on two different pages, but I'm saying the same thing with you. Y'all need preaching. There's your service where they prayed and couldn't preach. God got too thick. Just in case you're wondering how scripture. That bunch ain't got no scripture for the Roman Catholic-like rituals and religion. But I got every other page on my Bible. For the church to be baptized in the glory cloud. 
baptized in the cloud. Like come somebody says, I don't know about them glory services. Say, I do. I know. Yes. I know. Yes. Well, I don't know about what well, I, I do. I know. Yes. It's in the Bible. Yes. Yeah. And it's just him. It's his manifested presence. Yes. I'm going through a list right now studying on the times that that glory cloud filled the place where the Lord's people were. Working on that right now. And I know one thing. That's what I'm praying for our churches in the land. That they be baptized in the cloud. We are Baptist. Why don't we get what becometh us to fulfill all righteousness? Amen. Well, what do y'all think? I say bless the Lord. Amen. Checking to see where y'all are at. Mm. That too much? Shall we go on? Shall I let you go to the house? Y'all want a little more? I, don't, I really don't want to wear you out. It's optional to me. Y'all want some more? A little bit more? A little bit more? Go to chapter 13. I'll show you something. Show you what the Lord showed me. You may have already seen these things. Mm. All right, what was chapter 12? The blood. Chapter 14, the baptism. Chapter 15, the blessings. Chapter 16 was the bread. Chapter 17 is the battles. We'll, we'll be here till Thursday night. We'll get in the rest of them. We'll show you something about chapter 13. And I'm, I'm going to show you one thing and I'll be done. Mm. Boy, hadn't the Lord been good. Yeah. Won't you love your Bible? That bread, that man is fresh, new, fresh and new. All right, chapter 13. Mm, I don't know. Okay. Can y'all handle some more Bible? Sanctify. Look at verse 2. Sanctify unto me all the firstborn. And then he said there in verse 4. In spite of all the enemies, I'm bringing y'all somewhere. <laughs> I paraphrased. In spite of all the enemies, I'm taking y'all somewhere. Verse 5. It shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hiviites, the Clintonites, the Degenerates, and the Jebusites, which he, if you listen, which he swear unto thy swear. Let's take five seconds, stop and shout that this entire thing is running off a promise he has made to us. This entire thing is running off of a covenant that he made for us. This entire thing running off of his performance, not mine. I love that guy. Which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee. And here it is, a land flowing with milk and honey. So he's taking us somewhere. All these newborns just came through the bloody doorway. Sanctify. By the way, by the way, three seconds right here. Isn't that what God does right after he saves you? He begins to sanctify you. Okay, so I'm skipping verse 13. Oh, it's a good It's where a lamb dies for a donkey. Mm, leave me alone. Leave me alone. 20 minutes of shouting right there. 20 minutes worth of happy bubbles. Got to skip that. Woo! Hey! A lamb 
redeems an ass. What about that? That ought to help every one of us in here. Thank God. Woo! Leave me alone! If I get in there, I will get happy. Now come down to verse 17. And we'll talk about strange direction for a moment. Y'all in Exodus 13, verse 17. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through. What does verse 18 say? But God led the people about. Underline it. God led not the people through. But God led the people about. Question, and we got to hurry. I'm going to give myself seven minutes to preach this. He hadn't put no time on me, but I'm putting it on myself. Because I will forget that I didn't preach. Watch this. When y'all got saved, did you not find it to be so that God took over your life and began to lead it? And changed all your plans? You better enter into this with me and enjoy it. Or I, or don't make me preach it. I'm going to say it one more time. Give you a chance to redeem yourself. Y'all, did y'all notice that when God saved you, you were now led by the Spirit. Romans 8. And did you notice that He changed all your plans? Changed all your dreams? Changed all your desires? He's so original, so creative. Everything He's got in mind is something you never had in mind. And if you're thinking it ain't what He's going to do, please, since when did your ways become His ways? Since when did your thoughts ever match His? Quit trying to find the will of God and live in it. When you're done, you'll be delighted. Help me now. Change direction. That's what He does for His newborns. Sanctifies them. And He says, now, now, we're not going where you thought we were. We're going a long way around. That's right. Brother Langston, in the last seven years, has this thing gone just like you thought it was going to when you came out of Bible college and got to go start a church? And came? Huh? Brother Henderson, God moved you out here and you started. Did the Lord just take some detours? And he said, because if we're going to that land, flows with milk and honey, we're going from here to there, so come over here. Y'all help me now. It is a wonder that God hadn't let me be God too because sometimes I know as I've told him my whole ministry what was going to happen next. It's amazing I have those abilities. Because everything I've ever predicted and said is there. I said, all right, Lord, I see you want me there. And so this is going to happen right. I said, A, B, C, now B, D. He's like, are you talking again? <laughs> Are you still talking? Is that your mouth moving? Since when did me and you become God? Dean, you're still talking. Well, Lord, you know I'm so spiritual. I'm telling you how this thing works. And he says, thank you. Are you still talking? And I'm like, yes, Lord, and let me lead you, Lord. Here we go. And he said, no, here we go. Y'all with me? We'll give you three things that ain't going to take but five minutes. God, God let it. Let me read this first. Let me read 17 and 18. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go 
that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, for God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see what? All right, y'all are pretty much with me. When they see what? He said, if I take them straight ahead this way, there is an enemy out there that he's too much for them. They'll, they'll change their mind and turn back when they see war. How about I take them through the wilderness instead of through the war? I want to say one thing. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I've only got four minutes, so I guess it's, I better get ahead of myself and pull me along. Why is all the bad? It's always whining about your wilderness. That's that. My wilderness is going to kill me. Wrong! Opposite! The wilderness ain't going to kill you, which is why you're in the wilderness. What was in front of you was going to kill you. There was a war that was going to kill you. God puts you in the wilderness and it ain't going to kill you. It's going to keep you from getting killed. Why are you living your life murmuring and complaining? But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt, five by five. You better get linked up with people who are going with God. Harnessed, five abreast. Linked together, lockstep, marching, harnessed. Hey, y'all, I want to be harnessed. I'm in the harness. Y'all ain't helping me. I'm in this thing with you. You're in this thing with me. We're in this thing together. And that's how we can get through and stick together. You go ahead and say McNeese, Henderson, Langston, Turner, Pritchett. It ain't going to bother me. That's who I'm yoked up with. Amen. I'm in here Brother Greg and Brother Silas. You better believe it. We're harnessed. Write down three things. I've only got three minutes left. Why do y'all keep chasing rabbits? We've only got three minutes. You don't know why God took them in this strange direction? Number one, the war was too strong. I kind of have already preached that, didn't I? What about when Paul told John Mark, no, you're not going on, you're not going with me. Paul had the wisdom to know that he wasn't strong enough to handle. And if you go read the next chapter where Paul said, you ain't going with me, everybody got their feelings hurt. But in that next chapter, Paul was beaten with many stripes. He was in a shipwreck. He was arrested. Y'all ain't hearing me. Thank God for the wisdom of God. It says John Mark was not ready. Because you wouldn't have had a gospel of Mark. It wasn't that he wasn't ready for the work. He wasn't ready for the war. He wasn't strong enough to take him stripes on his back. God knows when there's something in front of you, too, the war is too strong. And he'll let you live the fight another day. And he came back strong and wrote the gospel of Mark. And later on, Paul said, bring that boy with you. He's profitable to me for the ministry. 
Water's too strong. Why does God go in a way we never saw? Because worship's to the south. It was 150 miles south where God put them on Mount Sinai and the glory of the Lord, the cloud of God's look, God revealed it and the old covenant was given. The blood was sprinkled. The Old Testament was given. The Lord met with His people on Mount Sinai. I'm going to say something and y'all better act like you enjoying it because I can break my deal with myself on this two-minute thing. Won't be the first time I've lied to me. And I've always forgiven me for it. God had a... I'm going to say something y'all better God had a mountain appointment down south. One of the reasons God will be to you in your life, He's got a mountain in it, and He's going to reveal Himself to you. You're going to spend 40 days in a cloud. In a cloud. That, uh, that cloud covered that Moses was in the cloud. What about in there? Moses was baptized in the cloud. i got to put that on my list. Didn't know it was in there. He went up there in that cloud, covered him. He was baptized in that cloud for 40 days and 40 nights. I came out of Bible college, going to Russia, going to Romania. Iron Curtain had collapsed. It was the early 90s. Reagan, tear down that wall. Dean, I'm coming through. We're going to go win half the world for the Lord. And the Lord said, yes, we're going to go to Eastern Europe and over there and, and, and preach the gospel about 15 years from now. Come here. I said, I'm going there to preach the gospel. The Lord said, yes, you are. Later, come here to a little swamp church in Florida. And I got an appointment. You're going to learn who I am. You're going to see what I am. You're going to pray with some old swamp deacons that know me. You're going to get down in the middle of Brother Ralph and Brother Larry and Brother Joe and you're going to going to sit at a mountain with me. You're going to learn to worship was to the south. Yeah, them things you boys started out wanting to do, you're going to do them. But first you're going to come down here and you're going to meet the God that you're going to tell everybody about. It's so much easier to preach about Jesus after you spend at least a little time with him. Worship was to the south. Then lastly tonight, the wilderness was survivable. The wilderness was survivable. I've kind of already went over that. Everything about Joseph and Mary. We're so familiar with the Christmas story. We're too familiar with the Christmas story. That's a Catholic word anyway. Christ Mass. I have a tree. I give away presents. If it's a pagan holiday, I'm part pagan. Forgive me. My philosophy is December the 25th was there before the Roman Catholics were. I'm taking it back. That's my philosophy. Well, and I understand that. But we're so familiar with the story that we observed on the birth of Christ. Somebody said, that's when a pagan God was born. That's a pagan... Did you ever think Jesus was born before some pagan god was ever talked about being born? 
Take it back. I mean, Sunday, that's bail. They're going to quit going to church on Sunday because the pagans have named it Sunday. Monday is moon day. Somebody said when they put the earth in its place. <laughs> what about that? We're so familiar with the Christmas story, it don't mean nothing to us. God's son was born in a barn. God's son was born in the barn, and Joseph made her travel at night. Average Baptist today said, God ain't good to us. Look what he did to me and my wife. She went into labor in the middle of the night on a donkey. On a dirt road somewhere. God ain't good to us. And my husband's supposed to be following the Lord. And I had to have my baby in a barn. My husband don't know God. <laughs> what if you girls had your baby in a barn? Because your husband had you on a dirt road in the middle of the night. He said an angel warned me. Y'all ain't helping me. We've had Christmas so much we're numb to the actual story. But that night, Brother Brian, the Bible said in the rain that there was heard a great voice of lamentation and weeping. The reason God put them in a barn because it's here in the soldiers were looking for all the babies that were born. And everywhere that was a normal house and a room anywhere, they were killing the Hebrew babies. But nobody thought to look in a barn who has their baby in a barn. Like there's some of you girls now. God's made me have this baby in a barn. Has he forgotten us? Nope. Your baby will live. And all the other ones are being slaughtered. Because y'all was in a barn. There was a war that was too strong out there, so he put you in a wilderness. And you may have had your baby in a barn, but you had your baby. And you kept your baby. Your wilderness is survivable. Your war is not. What are we doing over here in this old building? Black ceiling, curtain doors. Y'all don't go back through there. You talk about changing countries. Don't go back through there. Don't cross through that blue veil. Being kept, being held, being spared, being blessed indirectly. <laughs> being kept alive for a day when you will come out and the whole world will see and know. Your wilderness is survivable. And that same baby Jesus lived till he could go up on the cross and get the whole world and put it on his shoulders and overtake heaven and hell. Amen! Cause God let him be born in a barn where the devil couldn't find him. Quit griping about your wilderness. The devil can't find you. You better get baptized in that cloud. You know one of the things that cloud is it kept Pharaoh from finding them. 
He could not see them through the fog. That's the truth. Only the devil would come in your church and kill it if he could see it, but he can't find it. It's foggy. And he ain't going into the thick manifested presence of God. Y'all ain't helping me. That's Exodus. I want us to bow our heads. We'll try to travel down this redemption road the next few nights if God will help us. Bye, bye, bye. Let's all stand. If you want to come and pray over some of these things, I invite you to come pray. Let's all stand. Have a season of prayer. If you're lost, you should be saved. If you're here without Christ, come running to Him. He'll take you. He'll take you.